We are continuing our series today looking at the church, taking images from the Bible that explore just what the church is. We've looked, as Ian was saying, we've looked at the church being family, the idea that the church is united as one body. And today we are thinking about the idea that the church is light. Light, it's a very strange thing in some ways. It's caused physicists uh, a lot of trauma uh, over the years. Is it, is it is like particles? Is it a wave? Uh, is it energy? Is it a vegetable? No, I never said it was a vegetable. Uh, you know, what is it? You know, there's always been a certain amount of something quite, quite unique, quite different about, about light. Um, what what else is like it? You consider uh, the humble light bulb. Uh, when when we turn it on, it, it brightens itself. We we can see that it it lights up. Uh, the light the light is on, but it also sheds light around it. It illuminates other things about it. Uh, so it becomes visible, but it then makes other things visible. Uh, there are technical terms for this in physics. I did physics a really long time ago, so I can remember one of them is radiant, and I don't remember what the other one is. So you can figure that afterwards, speak to all the people who did physics. Uh, light has properties that we, we observe because of its own existence, how we perceive it, and yet... It's clear that it allows us to see other things and appreciate the truth of other things that it is showing to us. It's such a, it's such a unique thing. And yet God holds this out to us as one of the primary ways in which we can think about him. How we can think about what it means to be his people, the, the church. Light's a common subject in the Bible, uh, particularly in the Gospel of John that we're going to be hearing from. It's a, it's a feature in the Gospel of John. Light is something that Jesus talked about often. And so it's, it's well worth us considering it. So that's what we're, we're going to do this afternoon, thinking about light. The way in which light shows us and reminds us what the, the church is like, what the church should be doing. And applying that here to us, here at REC. So we're going to hang our thoughts on three headings. They're going to appear on the screen. God is light. The church is light. And shining. God is light. The church is light. And shining. As with the last two weeks, today's message is quite thematic. So we're going to be jumping about in the Bible. I'll give you the passages as we go, scribble them down to look at later, but I'm going to be reading them out for you. Um, so first of all then, God is light. When we read the Bible, one of the, the principal themes we read about it is the nature of God. What is he like? What does he do? How does God describe himself? Well, there's no need to guess the answer to that because God tells us. He tells us what he's like throughout the Bible. 
one of the things God tells us about himself is, this is in 1 John chapter 1, verse 15, it says, God is light, in him there is no darkness at all. He is light, and there is no darkness at all. And I think it's clear that, that God is saying there, uh, I am holy, and in me there is nothing unholy. God is saying uh, that I am righteous, in me there is nothing unrighteous. This is the God we worship, right? A God who is, is perfect, without stain or, or blemish. There is nothing bad about light. There is nothing bad about God. And in that way, there's, there's a huge difference between God. And, and when I'm saying God, remember, it's talking about God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. And, and everything around us. God is very different to, to people. That difference is, is holiness. That, that difference is his holiness. And that, that in terms of this, this verse, that, that is light that he's talking about there. But against the light, we find darkness. Not, not a thing in itself, but, but an absence of light. In the same way, that unholiness is an absence of holiness. Unrighteousness, an absence of righteousness. Darkness only exists in places where the light does not shine. And we see that in ourselves. There, there is within us, certainly within me, definitely darkness. There is things that are unholy. There is sin because the light of God does not shine throughout me in the way that I would want it to. And in fact, if, if darkness is the absence of life, then without the action of God, everything apart from him would actually be darkness. There wouldn't, in fact, there wouldn't be anything apart from God. Because, of course, because light is the first part of his creation. It's the first thing. First thing God created, Genesis chapter 1. Now the earth was, was formless and empty, Darkness was over the waters, and God said, let there be light. And there was light. God saw the light was good, and he separated the light from the darkness. Without light, the other bits of creation don't, don't really work, practically. So in this act of creation, we can see the nature of light and how it relates to the nature of God. God does not keep the light to himself, but he shares his light in creation. And he invites others to experience it, to, to take part in it. God does not keep himself to himself, but he shares himself with his creation, with us, and invites us to experience himself. That's what God is like. He shares good things. He shares himself. And, and in doing so, in doing so, where the light of God shines in creation, the darkness is put to flight. By sharing his light, darkness is, is removed and it's replaced with with illumination and righteousness it is replaced with righteousness but as we as we said about the the light bulb 
that light is also showing us other things. It's also showing us reality. It's showing us truth. It's showing us what is authentic. It allows us to see what is beautiful. That God is beautiful. And I'm not really primarily talking about physical sight there. The light of God shining from the words of the Bible shows us what is true, what is authentic, and what is beautiful. But again, opposite that is darkness. Darkness is something that, that allows concealment. It, it, it allows untruth. It allows lies. When the light of God is brought to bear on something, we see it truly. We see, we see truth, in fact. I think that the, the absence of God then is characterised by the opposite of what is authentic and true and beautiful. And so that, that, is, that is God, and yet he, he shines his light then onto his people, onto the church. I said a moment ago that in us there, there is darkness and, and there are things that uh, we do that are ungodly, things that we think that are ungodly, things that, things that we should do and don't do. Can you imagine if all your thoughts and deeds were running all the time on this screen as a, as a constant show to all the people here and that, and that Jesus was doing a running commentary on it? Can you imagine what it would be like? That is a terribly scary thought, isn't it? It really is. And yet it shows, it shows us that there is darkness in us. What, what is to be done about this darkness? What can, what can we do about this darkness? This is what was written about Jesus. In the book of Matthew, Matthew 4, the people living in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of the shadow of death, a light has dawned we sang it a moment ago jesus the light of the world stepped down into darkness the darkness that is in all of us and opens our eyes he makes us see he makes us see this light of god jesus is light is he's holy and perfect and he knew that because of the the darkness the sin that is in us all there's no way we we're going to be able to live with God eternally. We said a moment ago, God is light in him. There's no darkness. So, so we cannot live with him as we are because we've got darkness in us. He has no darkness in him and he can't tolerate us being there. It doesn't work. So Jesus stepped down into the world. He allowed darkness to do its worst. He allowed unholy people to lie about him to beat him to torture him to to kill him in order to save the people for himself in order to rise from the dead three three days later and show his light to the world jesus suffered our darkness so we can share that light before before Christians are saved, they've been living in a land of death, and yet now we have seen a great light. So Jesus has, like 
a light bulb. He himself is light. But he has then shone a light. Shone a light over us. That light that we need to see. Jesus, again, John chapter 8, Jesus in verse 12 says, Jesus spoke to the people. He said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Christians have the light of life. Some of you will have heard of a guy called Hugh Latimer. He was the Bishop of Worcester in 1555, a long time ago now. And the Protestant church in England at that time was being persecuted. So uh, a little bit after, in just a, it'll be a couple of weeks' time, the 16th of October. Hugh Latimer, along with a guy who was the Bishop of London called Nicholas, Nicholas Ridley, were burnt at the stake in the middle of Oxford. If you go to Oxford, there's a, a street there called Broad Street. You go to a spot, you look in the ground, there's a little cross in the pavement. That's where these two guys were burnt at the stake. They were burned there because of their faith in God. For their insistence on the word of God being taught correctly. That they wanted the, the worship of God to be, to be carried out in accordance with what the Bible said. Here are the last words of Hugh Latimer. Here are the last words of this guy being burnt at the stake. To the guy next to him who's being burnt at the stake. And it sounds a bit old. This is, this is English from 1555. Be of good comfort, Master Ridley, and play the man. We shall this day light such a candle by God's grace in England as I trust shall never be put out. Light such a candle. You can, you can tell the guy was a wordsmith. Um, pointing out that the means of his persecution and death would also be the thing that would shine in the country. How much light does one candle make? You could, what, light a dim room maybe? How much light does 200 candles make? A lot more light. Jesus arranges his followers, the lights that he has saved together, so that we can shine brightly. So that we can reflect the light that he has given us out into the world. And, and it's the light of God that we're shining. It's almost like we're, we're, we're perhaps mirrors shining the, the, the light out. And so we, we have to be good mirrors. We have to be good candles. We have to be shining what we're supposed to shine. The church has to be on guard not to try and shine out something else. There's a little verse in the Sermon on the Mount, which I think is one of the scariest in the Bible. I don't know if you're familiar with it. Matthew 6, verse 23. If then the light within you is... in Start again. If then the light within you is darkness, how great is that darkness? If the light within you in, is darkness, how great is that darkness? What is true for individual Christians, it's true for a group of Christians, it's true for churches. If what a church believes is light, 
but it isn't actually the light of God, then what they believe is darkness. And that is a very great darkness. If a church's message is not the word of God, then it is in great darkness. Paul in Galatians chapter 1 says, But if we or an angel from heaven should preach a gospel other than the one we preach to you, let them be under God's curse. He goes on, says it again, as we have already said. So now I say again, if anybody is preaching to you a gospel other than what you accepted, let they be under God's curse. We have to be constantly on guard that what we preach, what we teach, what we do is reflecting the light of God, the good news of Jesus and not something else. Something that, although we might think is good, is actually darkness. Because if that's true, then our darkness is very great indeed. Who else is going to show the world that difference, the difference between light and darkness, the light of God and the darkness which is about us? Who else is going to tell the world this distinction if we don't? The distinction that lies at the very heart of the gospel. We, we have to be different we have to show this light to the world without that light the, the church has has no relevance fortunately we have the bible the word of god a lamp to our feet a light on our path walking uh, following it we walk in the light of god we express we express our faith we express the holiness of god When we walk in that light, we're, we're, uh, we may, we, if we um, undertake it perhaps on our own, then we may wander about a bit. We need others to help keep us on the path, walking together with people, experiencing this light together, representing this light together. Thirdly then, what was probably our main point, shining if if god is light and if we've been called out of darkness into this light which is the church and we are then told to shine perhaps you uh, remember the passage from matthew we read it a couple of weeks ago many of you will be familiar with it matthew chapter 28 verse 19 therefore go go and make disciples of all nations baptizing them in the name of the father and of the son and of the holy spirit teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. Surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. We have command to go and make disciples. We have command to go and shine. To shine. God is, is the light of the church, the light we follow, the light we rely on, the light that stops our lives from being destroyed, the light that keeps us on track, that keeps us off the rocks of life, the light that ultimately brings us safely home that we sang about with the kids, the light that is our lighthouse. That light is what we are to go and teach, to go and make disciples with. We are disciples of the light. We are to make disciples of the light. It's, it's the light itself, the bulb, that we're going to teach. The church, for all its imperfections and 
flaws should be pressing into the light of God. However dimly we need to be doing what we heard from that passage in John chapter 3, living by the truth that is in the Bible, hating evil, loving the light, and hating the darkness. So we're, we're called to be on guard. Like, like Mad-Eye Moody in Harry Potter, constant vigilance is our watchword. We, we want to check that what is, is taught here from the pulpit, what's said in our life group, in our kids' ministries, is, is, is the word of God. Like the Bereans from Acts chapter 17, all the time we want to be looking back and going, yeah, yeah, that was in, yeah, that, was, that makes sense, that was in there, yeah, that's good. But we're also means we're going to guard each other's hearts and lives, lifeguards. When we become aware of sin in, in each other's lives, aware of situations even where, where someone might be tempted to sin, we, we want to be quick to point it out. Quick to do what we can to restore each other when we fall. Not because we, we want to be the sin police, but because we don't want to, to think that our darkness is actually light. That sin is okay. Going back to, going back to the passage from 1, chap, 1 John chapter 1. If we claim to have fellowship with him and yet walk in darkness, we, die, we lie and do not live out the truth. Th think about that, the, that other passage that, that Elliot read for us. That's why we started the reading a bit, a bit earlier. Matthew chapter 5, verse 13. You are the salt of the earth. But if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled under Foot. We cannot lose our saltiness. We cannot lose our, our, our purity. We cannot lose that light if we're going to follow the next instruction from the passage. Because then, our then when we cheat, we would have no credibility. So Jesus continues, verse 14, you are the light of the world. Town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and give its light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorified your, glorify your Father in heaven. And so the church needs to shine like a light that is on a stand that's shedding light out into the whole room by what we say and what we do sometimes that's going to be a general shining a big light that's casting light over everything like a like a light bulb uh, people who will see our lives who will hear our words will will see we trust the light of God in us and God will use that to shine his light into their lives. Driving out darkness with his truth and love. Sometimes that light's going to be like a laser. Something that's targeted on, on a very particular person or a group of people. You know how a laser can really like accurately pinpoint something. Uh, back to physics. 
Laser, which stands for light amplification by stimulated emission of radiation. I knew you all knew that. Uh, you might think of as being really coherent and focused. Uh, all its bits of light, that's not a technical physics term, all its bits of light are arranged in such a way that they're all moving together. They are focused in one direction. And sometimes the church is called to really focus together in one direction, to shine the, the light of God in, in one very particular way, perhaps to a very one particular person or, or a group of people, to be, to be uh, focusing the light of God onto to a particular situation perhaps, with everyone going in the same direction at the same time, like a, a, like a laser. So how's your shining going? How is our shining going? Are, are you generally doing some shining? Telling others about your faith, about what makes us different? The difference between the light of God and the darkness in the world? Not that we're better than anyone else, but we, we have light to share with people. How is the light you're shining? Would, would, would the shop assistant you met yesterday have seen the light, the, the garage mechanic? How would your school teacher say you shone the light? How would your neighbour, the traffic warden who just gave you a ticket, how would they say that you shone the light of God? Would they see something different? Is your light shining like a laser? Are you, are you getting together with others in the church to, to shine on particular people, to be, to be trying to reach particular people with the word of God? We have some great opportunities coming up as the church to do some, some shining. In a couple of weeks' time, as Ian said, we're getting together to run some events right here. In, in the Passion for Life series, there's some leaflets on the front. Take some leaflets with you, hand them out to some of those people who you've been interacting with over the last weeks and months. Invite them along for some coffee and a cake. Uh, on the 5th of November, we have a, a bonfire party at the Moxon's house, a night which itself is light and darkness, a great picture to tell people about. You've got an object example right in front of you to say light, darkness. And at this Christmas, we're going to be looking at the Christmas story particularly through the eyes of Jesus being the light of the world, coming to earth on the darkest of nights. So folks, get shining. Let people see your good works, as the Bible says. Tell them about Jesus. Just takes one minute. Invite them along to, to something like this. Perhaps get together and be a laser shining on particular people or groups of people. Uh, some of you might live near to each other. There might be neighbours who you, you know, know together or, or people here you have friends in common. You're like, that's really... When we're at school, when we're at this sports club, when we're at this event, let's really make sure to maybe reach these three or four people. I've seen, yeah, I've talked to them about God. I think they might be, they might be interested. Let's, let's talk to them. Because Jesus has commanded us, whether individually 
but also corporately together to shine his light. Remember, darkness exists only where light doesn't. But perhaps you're here and you're not a Christian. Have you been seeing the the light of God shining on you from perhaps the person you came with or the person who invited you? Even as you've sung songs today with us and as you've heard the prayers and you've heard the word opened, you've perhaps sensed that there is something shining your your way. Again, hear the words of Jesus. I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Do you feel a laser being shone on you by God? That you're aware of your your darkness and yet feel the pull? The pull into the light to something that is true and authentic and pure? Something that is beautiful? If that's you today, do not leave the building without putting your trust in Jesus. Follow him. Tell the person who invited you about that. Share that with us. That is a wonderful thing to do. But perhaps you're here and you're a Christian and you've heard this before and you're surely trying to do some shining, but it is a struggle. Don't just shine on your own. Get with others in the church and shine together. Perhaps you're here and you're a Christian And perhaps it's a struggle just to even lift your head. It's a struggle to do any shining. Sometimes when we're struggling most, when the days seem darkest, we can very naturally wonder, what does the future hold? What happens next? Can I really expect life to... to to be better. Beloved, what the future holds for the followers of Jesus is to live in his light forever. Here is what is recorded in the Bible, in, in, the, in the book of Revelation. What happens after Jesus comes back? He judges the world. He finally separates light from darkness totally. The darkness is cast out. It is gone. The world is recreated as a new city. Here's what that is described as in the Bible. Revelation chapter 21. The city does not need the sun or the moon to shine on it. For the glory of God gives it light and the lamb is its lamp the nations will walk by its light and the kings of the earth will bring their splendor into it on no day will its gates ever be shut for there will be no night there prophet isaiah says it in a similar way the sun will no more be your light by day nor will the brightness of the moon shine on you for the lord will be your everlasting light and your God will be your glory. Your sun will never set again. The moon and your moon will wane no more. The Lord will be your everlasting light. And your days of sorrow will end. 
In the end, the light wins. In the end, truth wins. In the end, holiness wins. Light wins. Beauty wins. Faith is made sight. Light wins. Darkness is no more. Only light will exist. Glory is revealed for all, forever. We, the church, will see, experience, live by and share in the light of the world. Jesus, our Lord, face to face with that light that has existed from before creation, that has never been defeated and that will gloriously shine forever. Let's pray. Heavenly Gracious Father, we thank you for your word. It is indeed a light to our feet. Lord, we acknowledge that you are the light of the world, that in you there is no darkness. Father, we pray that we would put our faith in you and walk in that eternal light. Father, we pray that we would be conscious of your command to go and make disciples, to shine in this world, whether it be in a very general way, in a very specific way. For, for each of us, that will look like something different. But whatever it is, Lord, we pray that your light would shine. There are places where the world is a very dark place, Lord. We want to reach them. Father, we pray that we would be faithful, quick, in doing this shining, this task that you've given us to do. We ask all these things in the name of your Son, Jesus. Amen.